hope this isn't going to be a nightmare. Mahogany's uh, running solo today. Nobody held my hand when I had to do my shows. Money. Girl, get your money. Sex. Ain't no humping going around over here. Relationships. <clears throat> Current events. New York Times Sunday paper says here. Controversy. I don't know about you, but I got a vent. It all gets covered here. It's time to reshape. Girl, fix those panties. Recreate. Fuck your mind up. And motivate your mindset. What mindset, girl? I've been talking to y'all for three years. Y'all still ain't can't get it right. So, get ready for that cigar smoking. Girl, I love a good cigar. Cupcake loving. Ooh, I gotta lay off those cupcakes. They making my butt a little too big. Coffee drinking shopaholic. The coffee is staining my teeth and I got more clothes than the law should allow. Your sis and mine, MJ. Hey, Dear Sis family, it is your favorite Dear Sis co-host, Mahogany, back with you for another episode. So if you followed the contest auditions, you may recall MJ sharing that the winner would have the opportunity to do a solo show. Well, I am the winner, and today is my solo show. So MJ is here with us in spirit, but her personality will certainly be missed on today's show. I am definitely the side to her kick but I will do my very best to get through this solo show on today. Before I jump in, I want to thank the Dear Sis family for their support. MJ, Uncle Frank, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a great experience, and it's hard to believe that next week is the sixth week. It has gone by so fast, but I have enjoyed every moment, every piece of feedback, every positive criticism. I am learning, and I'm growing, and I'm having an amazing time. With that being said, happy post-Thanksgiving to everyone. And whether you celebrate it traditionally or non-traditionally, I pray that you celebrate it the way that you wanted to celebrate and that your day was full of peace, joy, and love. All right, dear sis family, with that, you know what time it is. I don't know about you, but it's my turn to dance. You deserve a great nap. I found this article in New York Times in the lifestyle section, and I'm going to be quoting a doctor by the name of Jade Wu, who is a sleep psychologist and researcher at Duke University. And this article is about taking naps during the day. Hmm. Those of you who know me know I love my rest. So, so let's delve into this and see what this is about. Dr. Wu says that a nap is like a performance enhancing drug without the drug part. She goes on to say that napping can help you think more clearly, react more quickly, boost your mood, and improve your memory. But a good nap is as much art as science and can take some practice to master. And I found this interesting because I would assume that a nap during the workday is not that long, probably about 20 minutes. And the article suggests that as well. And I don't know about you, but I find it difficult. Once I put my head to the pillow, it takes me about an hour to fall asleep, depending on what all is in my brain and in my mind and what I'm thinking about, what I'm trying to organize and strategize for the next day. But Dr. Wu goes on to say that the best time to nap is about six to eight hours after you wake up in the morning. Then she alludes to this thing called a natural circadian dip. I'm sorry, what? something that we all experience in the early mid-afternoon. So there's this family, I had no idea what a circadian dip was, so I had to look it up. Our bodies are simply designed to slow down in the afternoons, regardless of what we eat. So this explains what a circadian dip is. And I find it interesting because oftentimes we get up in the morning, inhale or digest a ton of caffeine, thinking that that will get us through the day. There are times when we may say, you know, I'm just going to eat a light lunch so that I won't be so heavy in the afternoon. Or you may bring your steak and potatoes to work from home as leftovers 
But all of it, no matter what you eat, what you drink during the day, will contribute to the circadian dip. Even if you didn't have anything to eat for lunch, we will all experience this circadian dip, which is why this article is suggesting that a nap will help us throughout the day to be more productive. And so I started to think about American culture and how we have always been taught and trained to work, 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 work. If they don't see you, you're not being productive. If they don't hear you, you're not doing anything. And I know now that we are in a space of working from home as well as in the office hybrid schedules. And I think that it would be easier for us to take a nap at home if we're working from home. But even with that, there's a level of guilt there. So I've looked at other cultures to see what they do around the world. And of course, we've all heard of this thing called a siesta lunch break. And if you haven't heard about what a siesta lunch break is, it is a short nap taken in the early afternoon, often after the midday meal. So around that two o'clock hour, they're able to go in and take a nap. And I don't know if in American culture that would be accepted. I see the benefit in it, clearly. I see the benefit. We can think more clearly, react more quickly, boost our mood, improve our memory. In addition, I believe that we would become more rejuvenated, refreshed and recharged and be more productive during those afternoon hours. But it is something that in American culture, we don't necessarily embrace. So I have a friend of mine who takes a nap every single day at two o'clock, every day without fail. I've never heard of this before, especially in American culture. And you know not to bother him be between the hours of two and two thirty each day. Do you mind? I'm trying to sleep. And so what I realized from him, it wasn't that he was actually falling asleep at two o'clock. He was taking that time to just rest. To just rest, he would either meditate or listen to affirmations or just be mindful of his breathing. And it was an opportunity for him to lower his heart rate, clear his mind, and again, to just be more mindful. So I guess what I would say is, if we can't nap, maybe we meditate. If we can't meditate, listen to affirmations to help us be more productive in the day. I would be interested, though, in hearing your thoughts around this. If you're able to take naps during the day or if you think your employer would allow you to do that. It's an interesting conversation to have because we definitely see the benefits of it. And that is that. All right, Dear Sis family, as you know, Dear Sis is an invitation for conversations. So today we are going to have a conversation with the host of Happy Hour Conversations and founder of Unique and Naturally Made, Tamika Reynolds Moon. Welcome to the show, Tamika. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, I have been wanting to chat with you, interview you uh, since I started following you on your podcast several months ago. I think that what you're doing is so amazing. But before we jump into your podcast, share a little bit with the family about who Tamika is. Give us your background. Where are you from and what are you up to these days? So my name is Tamika R. Moon. By nature, I am a servant leader, change agent for my family, creator, and innovator. Born in Dayton, Ohio, raised in the projects, polished in Columbus, Ohio, been living in Columbus, Ohio for 20 plus years, graduated from the Ohio State University, which is how I ended up in Columbus, Ohio for so long. First generation. My background career, my background has always been 
been in social service. I am a part of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Mm -hmm. Um, And here lately, I have stepped out in faith and become an entrepreneur. I have a podcast, a shared living home, and a t-shirt company. The shared living home will consist of travel medical professionals that come in and they rent rent rooms while they are working at different hospitals in Columbus, Ohio. I'm also a daughter and a sister, which are my highest and most rewarding roles. I love that. So basically, it's temporary housing for those like traveling nurses who are coming from all over the country to maybe do a stand at our children's hospital or OSU medical facilities. What made you get started doing this? I had looked into it and it was a big thing that was going on during the height of COVID because Mm -hmm. medical professionals were traveling during that time. I was also looking for a way to make money. And so I just kind of tipped my toe into doing a little bit more research and decided this was something that I was going to do. And so the shared living house is the basis now. I take travel medical professionals, but I will be transitioning into a new setup for actually older living adults. So I don't want to jump too much into that because that's still in the works, but the shared living home will be turning into something else. I definitely like this idea of the shared living home. I love when entrepreneurs are so creative and finding different ways to make money. I had never heard of this before. And so I'm quite fascinated with this shared living house idea. And I'm excited to see what you do in the future for our seniors. I think that that would be an amazing opportunity for our seniors to have a safe space and a wonderful living facility. So more to come on that. Thank you. So keep doing your thing. So the happy hour conversations. What is your show about? What was it birthed from? Happy Hour Conversations is a platform where we normalize hard, emotional, and raw conversations, such as grief, infertility, and mental health, and menopause. You know, all the sister friend talks that us women kind of come together and we have conversations, and not necessarily on a big platform, but we kind of talk to our sister friends. As life kind of shifts and we redefine ourselves and as puzzle pieces, I provide a platform for us to come and just normalize hard conversations. I think your other question was where was it birthed from happy hour conversations it just kind of fell in my lap I was scared to live in my gift I was scared of success scared to dream big all because of failure right but in 2019 I was pushed to come out of my comfortable zone and look at life through a different lens because my mother had transitioned in 2019 and it was unexpected. Her transition pushed me, although it was a dark time, I knew that once I got past that dark moment in my life that I wanted to use my story to help others. And so a combination of wanting to use my story and just being an inquisitive person, I ask a lot of questions. I love using my voice and I love having table talks. Now we have happy hour conversations. It was birthed from all of that. So with your happy hour conversations, have you used it as a platform for your own healing, being able to talk about it with other people? I have. The first season of Happy Hour Conversations is all about grief. The first few episodes, I discussed um, the transition of my mother, in addition to my father, who is still physically here, but he has dementia. So he's Mm -hmm. not the man that I knew. And so I also grief him. 
and the state that he's in as well. So I did initially use the platform to discuss my own grief and other things that I'll be going, that I will go through. And so I bring other women on as well to discuss what they're going through as it relates to grief. I think grief is one of those topics that we need to normalize. I agree 100%. And I love how your topics on grief go beyond death, even though that is a huge part of grief, but the loss of anyone and how you knew them, you can go through a grieving process as well. And I love how you highlight that on your show because we lose so much throughout life. I hear a lot of parents who are now going through the empty nesting stage of their life. They're grieving their children going off to college. It's a process. It's not the same as someone passing, but the, it is yet grief. Absolutely. Going through divorce, it is yet grief because you're losing that mate, that person that you were with, and your life is forever changed because of that loss. It is grief. So I love how you normalize grief and you talk about all aspects of grief. I think that that is something that is so important for us. And I think that your show is incredibly healing, not just for you, but for your listeners, and then also creating that safe space for your guests. My question to you, you mentioned that you talk about menopause and other sensitive topics. How open are your guests when they come onto your show? I am starting to find that this is more of the healing and therapy sessions for my guests. My guests are so transparent and open that it amazes me. I have people who have come on and have never shared their story with anyone. And they have given me the opportunity to give them the platform to come on and be the first time where they have literally opened up and shared their stories. It is absolutely amazing. And it's not anything I take for granted. And, you know, sometimes I get kind of choked up behind it because I'm like, oh, wow, because you kind of see the works of what is happening when people share their stories. And my hopes is that an individual listens to it, to the episodes and receives healing and know that it's OK to share the stories and that it's OK to be vulnerable. I love that. I love the vulnerability in the safe space that you offer to your guests. Are these people that you know or people who just reach out to you? How do you go about getting your guests for your shows? Sometimes I will just be in a space. You know, I have a couple people that I'll be bringing on because we just happen to be in the same space at the same time by way of someone else and talking and listening to them. And then I share, you know, happy hour conversations. And, you know, I'll give them the opportunity like, you know, hey, can I get your phone number? I want to kind of connect with you to see if you'll be interested to come on to my platform because I think, you know, it'd be healing for you, but also opportunity to share your story and help heal someone else. And surprisingly, People say yes. That's amazing. And I know that sometimes you do storytelling where it's just you talking to your audience. And I think that's beautiful as well. Thank you. Thank you. I have had a couple solo mm -hmm. episodes. Yes. That's great. So where do you see the happy hour conversations going? How do you see yourself evolving in the next one to two years? In the next two to three years, I am hoping as I grow my brand, grow the audience, that I can also grow a team, right? Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm the one to do the recording, the editing, the sound, uploads, all the things that come with podcasting. So in the next year or two, I hope to have a team and possibly even a podcast studio where, okay. where I can use my studio, but also offer it to other people as well. We're going to speak that into existence for you because you are doing amazing work and it's something that I think will bless a lot of people. And so the further you get out there, the more you'll be able to touch other families and individuals. So we're going to speak that into existence, Miss Tamika. 
I receive it. <laughs> so Tamika, how do we find you? How does this Dear Sis family find you? I'm at Happy Hour Conversations Podcast with Tamika on IG, Spotify, and YouTube. Those are the three platforms that I'm on. Okay, well, we will definitely check you out, subscribe and follow. And Tamika, I definitely want to encourage you to enter the Dear Sis Podcast Awards that will take place next October in Houston, Texas. So check it out at dearsis.world and apply. I think that you deserve some flowers. So we definitely want to see you submit a form. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Thank you. Dear Sis family, I don't know about you. But I gotta go. You've been listening to the Dear Sis Podcast. Visit us online at dearsis.world today to leave a message or ask a question for our monthly Q&A with MJ. So how do you think you did?